We, uh, we had a great time up in Newcastle last Sunday. Uh, we actually went up to Newcastle on the Saturday and spent some time with Uncle Nate and Beth. He's not, his name is just Nate, but <laughs> it's hard not to call him Uncle Nate because you know him from the comedian stuff. Um, so I preached his church and uh, only 25 minutes of stand-up. Um, chucked a couple of verses on, it was a great time. Um, no. Nave actually said he goes to hundreds of churches and do you know what he said? He said that at the best church that he's ever been to, have a guess, which church it is? <laughs> St. Matt's Manley. <laughs> so, no, no. He said us. He said us. We are, he said we're the best church he's ever been to. So, <laughs> sorry, that's a bad joke. Um, I always joke that we are the best church in Fairlight. We are the number one church in Fairlight. Uh, we are the only church in Fairlight, but that is, that's not important. Alright, well we're about to end a um, series on the Holy Spirit. And I think we're going to just do a series on the simple gospel after this. We just want to preach the good news for a couple of Sundays in a row. Um, you know, there are so many people who have been at church who are out there just drifting about at the moment. And I feel we just need a season of just gathering our friends and our family and people we know back into the church. Because this is where you need to be. You, you can't grow in your faith if you're not connected to a local church. It can be any local church, but you know, I like this one. So we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to gather people. So just a couple more weeks on the Holy Spirit. Um, today is a Next Step Sunday. We do this about once a year, just as an opportunity for us to think about how do we take the next step in our faith, how do we grow as disciples, um, how do we say yes to God and, and get involved in the local church. So hopefully you've um, received the Next Steps form on the way in and a pen. And you can start filling that out now or you can wait to be inspired by this sermon and then fill it out. Um, and we're going to all collectively, every single one of us, bring those forms down the front and put it in the basket. Kind of a bit of an act of offering ourselves to God and just saying, yes, I'm in. Uh, so what's your next step? Might be to join a life group. Might be to get baptised, to use your gifts to serve the church. It might be prophetic quilt making. I don't know. I don't know. I feel we need a prophetic quilt making group. Um, didn't Lani preach so well last Sunday? Um, I listened to it on the Tuesday. Actually, she preached to me on the Thursday as well, which is great. Before. Um, and just great to have her and Dan here at Manly Life, her fiance. They're getting married in December. Um, she's mainly going to be here for evening service and for the young adults and the older youth. And I think she's just going to have the most amazing impact upon this community. She spoke on 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, which is what I want to speak on here today too. You can't get enough of a good thing. This verse doesn't get much better, so we're going to do it, to, do it again. But I love particularly her story um, last Sunday about her being in the surf with her friend and blessing her with a prophetic word that she felt the Lord had given her to encourage her. And how the result of that obedience was a really transforming moment for this friend. 
Um, I just thought it was the perfect illustration for this passage. Perfect illustration. Fanning the flame, the gifts that God has given you. Not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and self-control. She went for it. She used what God had given her. And as a result, um, that friend's life was touched by God. Would it be so easy for Lani, he said, indeed for all of us, to lack courage when it comes to being all in for our faith in Jesus or obedience in ministering for him. But she did it. She did it. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, that we can all do this. We can all use the gifts that God has given us, fanned into flames, so that the church is set ablaze in this dark world. So let's read the verse. I think we've got the slide. It's going to just stay out there the whole time. Only one this week. 2 Timothy 1, uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 67. The Apostle Paul says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-control. There's a lot in those two verses. Um, impartation, activation, fanning the flames, the gift of God, because the Spirit of God that has been given into you does not make you timid. It doesn't make you a coward. It does not make you afraid or fearful. But the Spirit that God pours into every believer when you become a follower of Jesus empowers you. It fills you with love. It gives you self-discipline or self-control. In other words, what you've now got within you, what God has imparted into you, if you activate it, is amazing. You've all been given gifts from God, ways to serve, ways to encourage others, ways to make a difference. So the Apostle Paul, as he says to Timothy, he says to us, don't pull back, don't be afraid, do not be of lack of courage, but go for it. Because the Holy Spirit alive in you is going to give you a new life of power, of love and self-control. So go for this new life. The one made possible by the Holy Spirit. Alive in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now Paul had brought this young man Timothy into the faith and he commissioned him into the work of being an evangelist and a church leader. So Paul wrote this second letter to Timothy, who is in leadership in the church in Ephesus. And we're actually hoping to go to Ephesus next year um, in the winter school holidays. We can't wait. And it's this exhortation to faithfulness, to stand firm in the truth in the face of opposition. And it says you're going to do this because of the gift given to you, the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit of God is given as a gift to all those who trust in Jesus and confess Him as Lord. It's not given to the special anointed ones. It is something for every single believer in the church today. And we live in the age of the abundance of the Spirit. We've looked a lot at that in this series. Poured out on all believers in Acts in chapter 2. Available to all of God's children. And because as D.L. Moody said, we are leaky vessels. I like that. We need to ongoingly be filled with the presence of God. 
We need to keep getting topped up with more of the Spirit of Jesus in our lives. So the Bible makes it clear that the Spirit of God, which is His presence, active and alive in the world today, does all kinds of things in God's church and in you, His people. We get the assurance of adoption into the family of God, and so you know you are loved. The Spirit in us illuminates the Scriptures. It gives us revelation and insight. The Spirit produces fruit in our lives. It changes your character. It makes you over time more loving and peaceful and patient and kind and so on. And the Spirit gives us gifts for service in the church and in mission. His presence alive in you makes you useful for great purposes. Now, I don't know if you've ever read Paul's second letter to Timothy, but it's such an interesting letter, written at such an interesting time in Paul's life and the growth of the early church. Paul writes to this young disciple, this young, loyal, faithful leader, to encourage him. And where does he write it from? Does he write it from on holidays in the Greek islands? Or maybe in a thriving church in Jerusalem? Or does he write it from the emperor's side in Rome? (laughs) No, he writes it from prison. And in the letter he mentions that he has been chained like a common criminal. And into the early church that's growing and expanding and full of life is also coming false teachings and persecution and some are deserting the faith and some are defecting from Paul. So he's facing this incredible anxiety about the state of the church that he's planted in Ephesus and around the world. So Paul charges Timothy to continue loyalty and faithfulness and purpose in his life and ministry. He says you haven't received the Holy Spirit in order that you might become a coward. You've received the Holy Spirit to get empowered, to have the fruit of love and to be faithful through self-control. I love this letter. It's so super personal. Proceeding it, look what happens now, what Paul says, verses 2 to 5. He says, I write this to you, Timothy, the son I love so much. (laughs) He says, all the best from our God and Christ be yours. He says, every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time, I thank God for you, the God I worship with my whole life and the tradition of my ancestors. I miss you a lot, especially when I remember the last tearful goodbye and I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. Paul says to him, that precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith and what a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice and now to you. Do you sense the love and care in the letter? And that, that's the church, friends. That's the church. Paul loves this young guy. He loves this young disciple. And I love this church. I love the church. It's an intergenerational family that loves one another, that looks after one another, that cares for one another when one part is suffering or troubled. 
You know, last Sunday morning I was preaching up in Newcastle. I started talking about someone here at Manly Life. And I just burst into tears. It was super dignified, wasn't it? Trying to preach with these like gasping tears. But why did I get emotional? I got emotional because we're a family. We're doing life together. I love every single one of you. And I know you guys love each other so well too. And to be honest, it's devastating when someone drifts off or disengages from the faith. So hear Paul's heart. Hear Paul's heart. He just wants the absolute best for Timothy. He wants the absolute best for the Christ church in the midst of it facing all these difficulties. So again, what does he exhort Timothy to do? Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Right, if Paul can say to the church in Thessalonians, uh, do not quench the spirit, right? Don't put it out in your life. Don't drift off, grow cold from church, grow cold from your faith. Quench the spirit, put the, put the fire of faith out in your life. Then similarly, he can encourage us to fan into flames the work of the Spirit in you. So it reminds Timothy, stir up in your heart the work of the Spirit. And then every other exhortation is going to follow from that. Because if the Spirit gets stirred up, if it's fanned into flames, if you're on fire in your faith, all these other things that he's going to exhort you to have are going to follow. Now just something quickly on the laying on of hands. If you're new to church, you may be wondering, what's this language all about? It doesn't refer to the Bon Jovi song, Lay Your Hands On Me. <laughs> I think that might be about something else. <laughs> what we find here in Paul's letter in 1 Timothy 4.4 is this reminder about how the gift of the Holy Spirit was received by Timothy. came by the laying on of hands. When he was set apart for his ministry and his life, the elders and Paul gathered around him and he had leadership imparted into his life by the laying on of hands. Here's the thing, just like faith is often caught and not just taught, so the Holy Spirit is often something that is caught by the laying on of hands. Amen? So it's something we just simply teach about. We see that in the book of Acts too. The Holy Spirit is often imparted from one believer to a new one. How? By the laying on of hands. It's almost like this gift, the presence of God, is contagious. Right? And sometimes in the church we call this impartation. And on this I would simply say it's biblical. If you see something of God in someone else that you desire then this part kind of impartation can happen through the laying on of hands. That's the key. If you want faithfulness in my life, right? if I want faithfulness in my life and my marriage and my relationships, I need to find people who have faithfulness and I need to get them to pray for me. Right? If you want to be bolder in sharing your faith or living a beautiful, holy life, find people who have that gift and get them to pray that into you by the laying on of hands. 
If you want more of the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can go to seminars, you can go to seminary, or with a hunger in your heart, you can find the Spirit-filled believers in your midst and get them to pray for you for an impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why I'd encourage you on a regular basis, come for prayer ministry. You know, sometimes we always just say, oh, that person's going down again. Must be a bit weird. Must have a lot of issues. No! It's free prayer! Why would you not want someone to pray for you? And to impart the power of the Spirit and to stand with you in faith. You come down the front, you never know what you will catch. Hopefully not COVID. But seriously, there is power in receiving more of the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. You know, Nicky Gumbel, who many of us know, leads the Alpha Course. He's just retired um, after 30, 40 years of faithful ministry in London. Absolutely amazing. No scandals. Just served the Lord, lived humbly. What a man. Alpha, the course that he leads, has been done by over 30 million people. Many people can trace coming to faith through Nicky Gumbel, through Alpha, his ministry. I knew him a little bit in London. Um, probably shouldn't put this in the recording. He's very shy. He's very introverted. He's actually quite awkward to talk to. He is not who you would expect to be probably the most effective evangelist in the world in the last three decades. He was a barrister and he was working in London and he was attending this Anglican church called HTV. And John Wimber and a team from California came to HTV to talk about what they were discovering about the Holy Spirit and ministry in the 1980s. And they invited the Holy Spirit to come. They laid hands on people who came forward. And Nikki must have received the Holy Spirit quite powerfully. Because whatever was going on in him, Nikki Gumball said to him, Can we get that guy out of here? And so they dragged Nikki Gumball out to the side room so that he could continue to be ministered to. Now laying on hands and praying, and as he was being dragged out, John Wimber said, Evangelist, that man is receiving the gift of evangelism. So that's impartation, the gift of God given through the laying on of hands. So what Paul had imparted to him by Jesus, he's imparted to Timothy by the laying on of hands. And so he says, this will have the opposite effect of making you a coward or fearful or timid. Remember the context is Paul is writing because people are departing, they're divisive, they're false teachings. But he says this gift of the Holy Spirit in you will give you power, love and self-control. It's the Holy Spirit that will keep you in this game and give you longevity in following Jesus Christ. Right? Like Nikki, who went on to have decades of faithful marriage and service and ministry. That's the Spirit of God alive in us. 
Alright, I just want to finish really quickly today. Three things, power, love, self-control. Firstly, let us never forget that the Christian faith is a Holy Spirit-empowered life. The Greek word for power used is dunamos, from which we get the word dynamite. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power from the Holy Spirit that's alive in you. Paul will say in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation. 1 Corinthians 4, he'll say the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but power. Romans 15, he talks about overflowing with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, he says, My preaching was not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. In Ephesians 1, Paul prays we might be enlightened to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. So we've got power. Amen? Amen. Secondly, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you is love. Having power leads a lot of people to do what? Become a nightmare. <laughs> you work with everyone who's got power who's become a nightmare? Why, why is the staff nodding? No. <laughs> but you know, when you get power off this world, often you become selfish or controlling or manipulative. But the Holy Spirit's power leads us to love. To the ongoing giving of ourselves away for others. Love is the fruit of God's Holy Spirit at work in you. That is why Paul is in tears remembering the life and faith of Timothy. He cares deeply about this bloke. The impartation of the Spirit is an impartation to love deeply. If your faith is not leading you to love others more effectively, you're doing Jesus wrong. And then finally, the Holy Spirit imparted into us makes us self-controlled. We see that in the list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.23. Don't we, church? <laughs> I've been thinking about this one all week. Trying to get my head around it. Why, why when Paul explains his top three effects of the Spirit, his work in your life, why does this get into the top three? I think I, I'm really wrestling with this. Is what I came up with. If I'm wrong, Greg will correct us in next week's sermon. <laughs> I think it comes down to longevity. I think it comes down to longevity. See, the work of the Spirit giving you self-control or sound-mindedness, as it is sometimes translated, points us to what keeps us faithful. You know. Faith is not just about big, flashy moments. But it's what Eugene Peterson calls the long obedience in the same direction. I think what the Spirit wants to do in you and me is character formation. It's good, Tim. Mm. And the Spirit helps you not just through the first few days or the first few weeks of your faith, but it helps you through the decades not to shipwreck your life. Amen? God wants to give you self-control so that you can walk faithfully for decades with the Lord 
in your Christian life. You know, I love the older guys at the church here. Yeah, wasn't John Moyes brilliant the other Sunday at Father's Day? Was anyone else nervous when he got the paper out? <laughs> but every word he said was gold. And I want that same spirit imparted into them, imparted into me and activated so that I can have decades of life with Christ full of wisdom and faithfulness that comes from a spirit of self-control. Because to have the self-control is to be able to continuously through the decades to be able to say yes to God and the Christian virtuous life and no to all that would shipwreck our lives and court devastation in the church. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. And so I want the well-done, good and faithful servant declared over my life. Amen? Alright, what's it all got to do with our Next Step Sunday? Well, my hope, my prayer is that every single one of us in this church is going to fan into flames the gift of God which is in you. I hope that you have heard throughout this series that ministry is not to be done by a few Holy Spirit-empowered mega-ministers, but it is everyone in the church who gets to play as the Spirit is imparted in your life. So you have gifts. And you have incredible ways to be useful and to serve. So in a minute the band's going to come up. I'm going to give us an opportunity to fill in our forms. And then we're going to come forward. And we're going to do it today. Don't take it home. When I say come forward, we're going to bring them forward. And then we'll continue to worship. Here's what I'd say. Don't do so much that you burn out. But don't do so little that you never really grow. That you never orient your life towards service of others. Opportunities to say you want to get baptised, do Alpha, join a life group. Ways to serve, ways to give, ways to get involved. Something will be your passions and your purposes. And others is just rolling up the sleeves and helping out around the church. Amen? So stand up. Oh no, don't stand up. Sit down. Fill in your fours. That's what you're doing. Fill in your 